Hey y'all, it's your boy Rico. And Sam. We are two trans guys tackling trans topics, and we are based here in Austin, Texas. We have a YouTube channel which is called Tea Time with T-Boys. That's T-E-A, time, with the letter T, boys. Right now we're doing a series called the ABCs of Trans, where each week we discuss trans-related topics based on the letter that corresponds with that week. Our episodes air every Thursday. So whether you're trans yourself, non-binary, or simply an ally, tune in and get learned. Welcome to Everyday Superhumans, the podcast to restore your faith in humanity. I'm Charlie. And I'm Kyle. What's going on? We haven't done this in a while. No, Quick uh, behind the scenes uh, take right here, but this is our third take for this intro. It's been a while since we've done one of these. We're a little rusty, <laughs> but <laughs> third time is the charm. Mm-hmm. And happy 2018, everybody. Yeah. So do you have any New Year's resolutions? Uh not really, but I do have some goals for the podcast we've been speaking about behind the scenes. So we should probably tell them. We yeah. should probably inform our peeps. Yeah, so we are going to be starting up a monthly newsletter. By the time this episode comes out, there will be a actual subscription link you can click on in the description of this episode and also on our website. It'll be filled with news about the nonprofits we spoke to last month, the ones that we plan on speaking to the next month, along with event details of major fundraising events that these nonprofits will be having and also, we plan on sharing some general good news from around the world in the bottom of the newsletter. It's just basically a monthly heartwarming gift to make you feel all good about the world and not worry about the 24-hour news cycle stressing you out. And if we have giveaways, too, we put that on the newsletter. Mm-hmm. And it's just there because we want to expand Everyday Superhumans to be more than just a podcast and be more of like a place to go to get your faith in humanity restored and... Just generally good news about the world. I know somebody who's restored my faith in humanity. Oh, who's that? Marcus Sanchez. And that is? Well. (laughs) I ask as if I'd (laughs) never met this guy before. The director. Well, Kyle, I'm glad that you asked. (laughs) It's the uh, director of communications and outreach for the Kind Clinic. Mm Mm-hmm. And as I never met this guy before, I know a plenty of no, I know a lot of the Kind Clinic. They are pretty much Austin's number one HIV clinic that provides free HIV treatments to anybody who needs it. And have you heard of PrEP and PEP? Uh, yes, I have. But can you explain to me what the acronym is? Because <laughs> yeah. I forgot what they are. Okay, so it's pre-exposure prophylaxis access, and that so that's that's the PrEP, daily, right? Yeah, that's the daily pill that prevents HIV. And then there's PEP, and that's post-exposure prophylaxis access. (laughs) And that is a medication that prevents HIV within 72 hours of exposure. Mm -hmm. Kind Clinic is really impressive what they're doing because, first of all, we could do an entire episode about the American medical system and of how they kind of take advantage of insurance. The Kind Clinic doesn't do that. It's uh, free. Mm-hmm. And they also provide affordable hormone replacement therapy for anybody who's transgendered as well. And gender non-conforming patients. Mm-hmm. Gender care. Let's just speak about the clinic as a entity for a second mm-hmm. and how that place is the nicest doctor's office I've ever been to. It was so nice. We actually record this episode inside of one of the medical exam mm-hmm. rooms and it felt like, it just felt so like, homely and inviting the staff there was super friendly we spoke about like our favorite podcast before we even started the interview 
It was the nicest doctor's office I've ever been to. It wasn't sterile. It was welcoming and nice. And even the art decoration, it's all queer artists. Mm -hmm. So they made a point of even putting more of the LGBT community Mm -hmm. within the design Mm -hmm. of the building. But they aren't just for LGBT community. They're also for anybody who has any concerns about having HIV or are Mm -hmm. HIV positive and need to get access to these medications. But of course, they mostly market themselves more towards the LGBT community. One of their marketing slogans is be kind for all. Mm -hmm. So that, that includes everybody Mm -hmm. it was just overall great experience marcus was a wonderful guest to have to kick off the season very nice guy who has dedicated his life to pretty much making sure that everybody has a chance to live the life they want to live one thing that we like to begin with though is just kind of the history and mission of who we're speaking to so can you explain to us what the history and mission of the kind clinic is sure so the kind clinic has evolved we started about two years ago um, as the austin prep access project Um, it came from a need in austin that we're seeing i have a history in hiv prevention and Mm -hmm. i was working for another aid service organization in town Um, we were having patients or clients coming up to us knowing about PrEP, you know, this new pill that prevents HIV, and they just needed access to it. So a group of us got together and started thinking of ways to make that happen. Um, We didn't have the tools to do that at the time, so we created a navigation program. Then six months, that turned into our our first standalone clinic, which was um, a donated space by uh, our medical officer, uh, Dr. Cynthia Brinson. Um, So for the past two years, we worked out of that, um, running a PrEP clinic, offering PrEP and PEP services for HIV prevention at no cost and now we're in our own um, our own location uh, and we've been here for a few months now and our mission has started in HIV prevention and now it's just gone gotten broader into sexual health and wellness in March of this year we started offering gender affirming care to our transgender and gender non-conforming patients um, so really it's meeting people where they're at and mm. finding out what they need because it's not just HIV prevention anymore mm-hmm. and it's not just PrEP. Um, we do STI testing and treatment. We do gender care. Um, so we've just evolved into what we are now, which is a LGBTQ sexual health and wellness clinic. And we're actually in one of your examination rooms. <laughs> and I've yes. actually been in this examination <laughs> this room exam. before. This is the Charlie room, I guess is what they'll start calling yes, it Yes, only Charlie has been in <laughs> this room. We, we will dub it the Charlie room. This will be our new Charlie yes. room. <laughs> so this is a new building then, you said, right? We started services here at our new location on uh, West 40th Street uh, in October. Um, it took us a while to get all the renovations done, um, waiting on city permits, of, mm-hmm. of, of course. Mm-hmm. But we really wanted to create something warm and inviting. Um, part of what we do differently at KIND is we create a safe space. So since mm-hmm. the communities that we really work with are LGBTQ, LGBTQ people, um, a lot of times they've had uh, some bad experiences at other medical facilities. Um, there's a lot of distrust. Uh, I think mm. there's a cultural um, distrust there too a lot of times. <laughs> so we wanted to create something um, and really take the time playing it out. We had a designer come in. Um, all of the art in the space are, are you know, local queer artists. We, we worked with a, um, an amazing muralist to do some some artwork on the walls here. Um, uh, and we really wanted it to be a very cool and queer and, and hip place it's mm-hmm. still it feels you know, very modern i like how it feels <laughs> yeah. it feels like a relax i want 
say like a cafe, but it definitely doesn't feel like a cafe, yeah. but it feels very modern on the inside. Like, I didn't feel like I was walking to a doctor's office. It felt yeah. more just like... Like, am I going to get my blood drawn from here? It right. feels so nice. <laughs> yeah, there's light up counters. It's like at night. I joke at night. Like, if you look at it from... Because we have a glass front. Um, mm. And if you look at it at night, all lit up, it looks like a club. So we call it like... <laughs> we call it club kind. So it goes from the kind <laughs> to club kind. And, and yeah, and I think, you know, it's something that we wanted to... to I mean, obviously, we're in exam room, so there's a uh-huh. medical table and equipment. Mm. Um, but we wanted people to have just a sense of ease, mm-hmm. uh, especially when you talk about sexual health. People are going to be coming in and talking about something, the most intimate parts of their lives. And I mm. think the yeah. other testament to KIND and what it, what it really means to, to come here for services is that I think all of our patients get a different feel just by the people in the space. All of the staff here are very culturally aware mm-hmm. um, to the populations we serve. Um, they're very friendly. You see a lot of hugging and, and, and just following up. And, and we get a lot of feedback from our patients later who tell us that this was a totally different experience. That mm. it, it's not like a, a doctor's office. It's, it's more like a family when mm. they, they come in. Yeah, I was reading your website that most HIV clinics aren't as kind in a way. Like that they, <laughs> they're like, seems like that, from my gut from reading about it, it sounds like it's like very sterile or like these like not culturally aware of their clientele. Right. And I think that's what's been very fortunate for us to be specific in our populations and, and really looking at the unique needs of LGBTQ people. Um, I think when we say our kinder approach to HIV prevention, it's just really taken into account of um, who we're working with and working with them in a more culturally aware way. Um, going into gender care was a big, it's still a bit of a learning process. We keep changing things up for the flow of the clinic. Um, but we worked with out youth and oh. we, we work with the informed consent model. When people come in for intake, we want to make sure that we are getting it right or as close to right mm. as possible, uh, making sure that we are paying careful attention to gender identities, pronouns, and all of our staff takes extra training around that. Um, so we do know that when our LGBTQ patients come into the space, that they are being treated um, with respect that they deserve. And it's been really cool. I, working with you know other HIV organizations and clinics, I've never really been able to get my testing done where I work. So I, I've gone mm. to the city. I love what the city does. But you know sometimes you get just a number and, and it's very sterile. And and it doesn't really feel like mm. a it feels like a almost like a factory kind of walking <laughs> through really? the hallways but and you know that's that's just the atmosphere and that's what we have to work with but fortunately kind clinic can do that a little differently um, we could take a little extra time with our patients there's a lot of follow-up practitioners mm. are really great they're, they're really specialized in what we do um, so our nurse practitioner Marcy Keefe who works on gender care nights um, her background and, and everything she's been done is about around youth um, LGBTQ youth homeless youth and trans youth so mm-hmm. um, she has a lot of experience in that and we try to be very thoughtful of everyone on staff and, and their area of expertise and, and really fall in line um, with the patients that we serve because mm-hmm. we want them to feel like they're also represented when they walk into mm-hmm. the space too. I am trans and one of the things that I love about the clinic too is that it's free office visits are free and that can be really difficult with your insurance and a family doctor may not be trans inclusive so you end up having to pay all of these extra costs for just wanting to be yourself Right. Yes, that's that's very true. And, and and even when we started in the very beginning at looking at prep, we know that there's uh, cost is a huge barrier to a lot of people. Uh, medication, if it's not covered with insurance for prep, I think it's up to around eighteen hundred dollars a month, um, which is not <laughs> attainable for a lot of people. No. Um, fortunately, we have assistance programs. So the other cool thing about our clinic, which I really love to talk about, because 
I know that we're known for our medical services, but we also have a team of advocates. So you meet with them as soon as you come come in on your first appointment and they, whether you're insured or uninsured, um, they link you to assistance programs. So all of our services at the clinic are at no cost. Um, and then our advocates link you to medication at low to no cost as well. Um, the majority of our patients who are accessing PrEP are getting it for free. With gender care, uh, so the informed consent model, I guess going back to that, that is, Historically, I think a lot of times our physicians or psychologists or our uh, trans people had to go through a battery of, of mm-hmm. psychological examinations and then someone else had to sign off on them, mm-hmm. you know, after a year plus of, of seeing a doctor on whether they could start transition or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of times people would not sign off on that. There was still a lot of stigma mm-hmm. around that, whereas the informed consent that's been developed and now adopted here by us. Um, is giving that person all the information we have and letting them make their own decision about their own body and who they are, Um, which is huge because we're seeing more facilities take on that model. Not enough and not quickly enough, I don't Mm -hmm. think. Um, Just to give you an example, I think the, the nearest clinic that I know of that does informed consent outside of us is San Antonio, but it's a sliding scale. And so basically we give them all the information they need to make a decision. Um, A lot of times they come in with that decision already made. We don't present any other barriers to accessing that. We just help them get started. What we do do, which is awesome, um, is that we partnered with Out Youth again for our transgender wellness program. So even though it's not required, we do have a mental health service through them where they can access one-on-one counseling or group counseling. And they also give you referral services for any other Mm -hmm. needs they might have, whether it's a gender, marker or name change mm-hmm. we have uh, referrals that we can make for people that can help so really trying to approach it holistically that way when mm-hmm. someone comes in mm-hmm. they're getting all the services they need or as many services as possible yeah. um, just because it's hard to keep sending people to different facilities and mm-hmm. they don't have that trust yeah. and it's like yeah. you know it's 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 nerve-wracking a lot of times just to come in for your first appointment like I said just because mm-hmm. you're talking about so many personal issues mm-hmm. um, and I think what's really cool is that we're here to really meet the person where they're at and, and help them and and once they start and once they come into our clinic then you know we have the regular checkups it's more general wellness we, we start to grow into other things and trying to give each patient what they need yeah it sounds like um, you're expanding because you used to do HIV prevention at first right and then it became gender care after that right? yes so it was a service that we added and it's part of our um, HIV prevention model so what we've seen is that by offering people what they need and sort of their hierarchy needs their medical needs and their health needs um then we can address all the other stuff later whenever or if ever it comes Mm -hmm. up not every gender care patient is um, a good candidate for prep or they may not be willing or are ready to take prep Um, but what we have seen is that now about 40 percent of our gender care patients are now accessing prep through our services like i said it may not be what they came to for us at first Mm -hmm. And then once they start HRT, mm-hmm. things change um, with their body and the way they feel and their sex. Um, then they've been coming in later and then accessing PrEP. And we always give the option of HIV testing and SCI testing and treatment as well. I'm not even sure about my education on PrEP and PEP. Mm-hmm. When did PrEP and PEP start? Back in the day. Elaborate right. first, like what it stands for. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So uh, PrEP as sorry, that's I keep forgetting. <laughs> yeah. From there. yeah. Uh, so, I barely know. Yeah. Get- so PrEP is a pre-exposure prophylaxis. It is uh, Truvada. It was approved by the FDA in 2012. So it's been around for a little while. 
before it was used as a preventative, Truvada was used as an HIV drug. But we did studies and the FDA and CDC have approved it to be used as preventative. So if it's taken every day, um, it's up to 99% effective in preventing Damn. HIV. Rather than someone who is HIV positive, and we, we also know the, the importance of getting people tested and on treatment right away mm -hmm. if they're positive, um, because once they're undetectable or the viral load is undetectable, it's impossible for them to pass on the virus. So that's another form of prevention. It's, it's sort of that thing like, well, do you want to take a pill every day that you have to, or something like PrEP, which is optional because people could choose to come on and off it. It's easy adherence. It's got very low side effects. It's very tolerable in the body. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, there's going to be side effects. And we're like, well, they've been using it, even though it's being used as a preventative, it's been an HIV drug for like 15, 20 years. So mm -hmm. there's already been a lot of studies on it. And it's it's a very tolerable drug. Now, the cool thing that a lot of people are learning about now is PEP is post-exposure prophylaxis. Okay, so we use that was. if someone thinks they've been exposed to the HIV virus within 72 hours, we can get them started on a treatment, which is a 30-day treatment, mm -hmm. which would then prevent the, the transmission of HIV for that person. Um, and a lot of times those patients then opt into PrEP after. Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's the other thing, too, is sometimes people don't know that if there's been a possible exposure, that there is something that we can do to help them. Mm -hmm. um, something that's been really, I think, powerful for us and the staff here is that we have a good relationship with uh, Austin Safe Place or Safe Alliance, and they refer a lot of their sexual assault victims here to us. Oh. So we huh. take them in right away. We roll into trauma-informed medical care model, mm -hmm. um, make sure that we're meeting them again where they're at, give them the help that they need, um, give them the examinations that they need, and then also get them started on PEP so they can at least have that peace of mind around the possible transmission of HIV. Wow. That, that's crazy that that pill even exists like yes it's a <laughs> wonder awesome. modern age right there <laughs> I, I know that living with hiv now is pretty much like it's more of a condition than an actual death sentence now yeah and so I it's did, great to see that you could prevent it from spreading like that too just by taking a pill yeah and i think what we've seen in in, in our arena of work is i i've done communications for a while even before prep and i remember trying to pitch stories about hiv and different events around fundraising for mm. for hiv and there was just a lot of indifference. People were like, oh, well, it's, it's, and it is manageable and mm -hmm. there is medication you can, and people live long, healthy lives. Um, but the conversation was sort of dead in the water because mm -hmm. um, it wasn't the epidemic that we were seeing in the 80s and 90s. Mm -hmm. um, but then when PrEP came onto the scene, it was the first time in 30 years that we had something new to fight HIV. You know, we don't have a cure yet, mm -hmm. but we now have something new that is getting us closer there. And since that came on um, the scene, there's been a lot more conversations about HIV in the news again. We have billboards up and buzz ads. Yeah. So so people, I see you guys everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You're right in front of my office. Yeah. Every time I leave work, I see the pill that prevents HIV. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And even that, like, there's a lot of people that don't know. Like, oh, there is a pill. Like, people have been yeah. calling us like, are you serious? Like, is this <laughs> real? And we're like, yeah, come on in. We yeah. can talk about it. Reignited that conversation, mm -hmm. I guess, around HIV, because there is still a lot of conversation that needs to happen. Mm -hmm. um, there's still a lot of people that live with HIV and contract HIV every mm -hmm. year. But like I said, we have something new that, that we can um, give people a peace of mind, especially communities that are most susceptible to HIV, like... Um, men who mm -hmm. sleep with men or mm -hmm. trans people um, and making sure that they know that there's something that they can take that they can use to take control of their own sexual health. Mm -hmm. So they're not depending on someone else to know their status, that they're, each person is doing um, something for themselves to stay healthy. Mm -hmm. and I, in a sense, I guess it's akin to like how birth control and the condoms were like in like the early 1920s with women. 
give them more power over their sexuality. Yes, yes. And we saw the stigma around that too. We compare that a lot of like how when birth control first came out and you know, even in Texas, where people are like, Oh, well, that's just gonna give women the right to <laughs> they're gonna yeah. go and have a bunch of sex with random men. Ooh, how dare they do what they want yeah, to do? Yeah, I know, with their bodies. <laughs> how, how dare, dare they, they have sexual freedom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the same we saw the same thing with prep. We even within the gay community, like yeah. there were people reaching out to me directly, telling me like you're just promoting bareback sex and you're you're giving <laughs> people a and I'm like, mm, they're already doing it. Yeah, <laughs> something to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and um, really, it's just that uh, we call it, you know, a, a sexual health revolution and that liberation of love and and, and freedom mm. to, you know, be more comfortable and, and live the life that that you live. That's why it was natural too to go into gender care. It's like helping mm. people mm-hmm. live the life that they they want to live and that they're deserve to live. So. Mm-hmm. And so it's just it's been very awesome to see the way this clinic has evolved into where we are now and Austin doesn't have an LGBTQ resource center mm-hmm. but we have a clinic which is very exciting and, and, and people want to come in and get you know their sexual health services mm-hmm. here and then once they come in they're like I want to come in here for everything yeah. <laughs> and we're like give yeah. us some time we need more yeah. doctors <laughs> you, you make like sexual health fun <laughs> yeah yeah which is the, and yeah. exciting yeah that's that's hey and that's that's an important piece to this mm-hmm. I mean if people can feel more comfortable about their sexuality and, and taking ownership of their sexual health then that's us doing our job because mm-hmm. um, we're not gonna fight the stigma or are in the virus and the disease without that empowerment mm-hmm. of sexuality and, and people being able to love freely so you said that uh, stuff like prep is free for patients how do you get access to prep then like, i'm guessing that there'd be like a limited supply it's like a waiting list or something no so to make an appointment we've we have gone through a wait list pretty quickly now that we have our own space. So before okay. we were using another clinic's facility um, and we were operating at 16 hours a week. So we were working after hours <laughs> a few days a week and we were helping a lot of people. Um, and we just had a wait list just because we didn't have mm. the capacity to um, to expand our hours. Since we've been in our new clinic with expanded hours up to 38 hours a week and six days a week, we are seeing at least 100 new prep patients a week, which is huge because we've we're looking at seeing four times as many people as we're using wow. seeing in a month. Wow! So right now, if you make an appointment for prep, um, I think it's just a few weeks. You come in, your first appointment, you meet with an advocate. So again, all of your testing, we now offer same day testing. So before we would need to send off some liver panels to, mm-hmm. we have to do liver function testing to make sure the medication is going to um, work for mm-hmm. you. And now we have the technology. So before they would wait three to four days to mm-hmm. get the results back and then get mm-hmm. their prescription. Um, whereas now we have the technology, it's called a Piccolo machine, where we are able to run those tests in 15 minutes. So they get an wow. instant HIV test within a few minutes. Mm-hmm. The liver screening is done in another 15 minutes. So they leave that day with their prescription. Um, and then again, our advocates link them to assistance programs. So Gilead is the maker of Truvada. They offer copay assistance programs. So if mm-hmm. someone's insured, we link them to a card that mm-hmm. lets them get their medication for free. And if they're uninsured, there's grants that we link people to. So um, we are making sure that as soon as they leave on their first appointment, they can go straight to the pharmacy and pick up their medication at no cost. Wow. That's impressive system you have going on right now then is it the same thing with hrt um, then hrt we're, we're working on is that there's not assistant programs but what mm-hmm. we do is we have discounted contract rates with pharmacies so we're able to get the hrt at uh low cost if anything like 10 bucks a month a lot okay. of times yeah. 
but we do realize that that's still a, a barrier for a lot of people, especially in the trans community. So we do, if they need assistance, our program will kick in and, and help with that. Um, and I'm actually, which is really exciting, working on this next year, um, working with some groups to do more um, fundraising. So we have a very specific fund that is able to cover costs for HRT if someone needs that. Hmm. Um, How do you have enough time in the day to do all of this? As as uh, <laughs> everyday superhuman, we always like to ask our guests what um, what motivates them what, to do the thing that they love. Uh, yeah, honestly, enough time in the day. It, it seems like there's not always enough time in the day, so <laughs> yeah. it's prioritizing yes. what needs to get done first. And what keeps me going, honestly, it's like I, I've been doing this this work for. I guess 12, 13 years now. And so I have a passion for HIV prevention. I've seen and lost family members and friends mm-hmm. to that. But that's evolved working and being very visible in Austin's LGBTQ community. It's a community that I love to be a part of and that I love to do work for. Um, I especially love you know queer people of color and the mm-hmm. trans community and finding m- different ways to engage different mm-hmm. populations and, and, and give them the tools that they need to live the lives they want, stay healthy. And honestly, what keeps me going and the inspiration is the, uh, the patients. Like, walking in i i office at a different location but every time i come here i leave with that extra boost to do yeah. more and i will say i manage our social media and uh, that's like the biggest gift because i see especially with our gender care patients and i talk about this a lot to mm-hmm. people is that uh it's so rewarding just to see them tag us and bring us uh, bring us yeah. along on their journey because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. every time they come in they start their hrt they share their story with us and it's mm-hmm. It's it brings me to tears a lot and it keeps me going. You know, it, it's it's beautiful to be part of someone's story who's being so brave mm. and, and just so genuine and vulnerable. And then to let us come in and share that with them is huge. That's what really keeps me going. And that's what keeps me motivated. And, you know, just to see an end to this virus. And, and I'm we're looking at, you know, the numbers in New York and San Francisco and the first time in years we're seeing uh, the lowest record low HIV transmission rates. And it's mm. a huge part uh, to prep and mm. treatment as prevention. And I keep saying, well, once our numbers come out, we're going to see Austin next. And, and I think that we're going to get there too. And Martin Madison always, always impresses me despite its cost. It still is, does good jobs. Yes. Yeah. The yeah, fact yeah. that you could get, give your patients prep for free is just amazing. Yeah. And like, like I said, in the very beginning, we knew that the cost was a very huge barrier mm-hmm. and even in like in Texas. And I think even all over, because there's not a lot of infectious disease controlled doctors, I think they were very popular in the eighties and nineties. And mm-hmm. now a lot of them are going okay. out of, into retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of specialty doctors who are informed about HIV and HIV medications. So what we were seeing in the beginning is that people were coming to us because their doctors just would not prescribe. And mm-hmm. we're still seeing a lot of doctors who are not comfortable prescribing. And if they did, they would run some tests and take them off mm-hmm. and and create extra barriers for someone to stay on it. And a lot of that was the stigma around mm-hmm. sex and LGBTQ people. A lot of mm-hmm. these were women who sleep with men who were coming in and, and being turned away for PrEP. So we knew that, one, we had to find doctors to prescribe it. And then, two, like, how are they going to afford this medication? <laughs> um, even with insurance, if you have, like, a copay or the deductible that you need mm-hmm. to meet, we'll get you an assistance program who that will cover that deductible and then start kicking in on the copays. So, um, like I said, there's programs for insured or uninsured to give people access to that medication right now gilead is one of the main ones i think because they're the only drug approved or they have the only drug approved for prep right now obviously they'd like everyone to get on their drug because Mm -hmm. there are other trials and i think within the next three years we'll see other medication that's also approved for preventative hiv preventative so we'll see other forms of prep too and there'll probably be other assistance because it'll be very competitive so everyone will make Mm -hmm. sure that they're assisting with those costs and the insurance is paying for it they're getting their mm-hmm. money but can somebody with that insurance get prep here or yes so, so it's completely 
So yes, our uninsured patients, we have a different, I think there's two different grants that we work on. So there's prescription grants. Mm -hmm. So if you don't have insurance or if you don't want to use your insurance, you can still come in and our advocates will link you to these programs. And then they just cover your cost each month for the medication until it runs out and then we'll get you on another one. That's like the huge thing. And I I, I try to really sell the advocate piece because it's like, yes, you come in and you get your prescriptions and it's great because I've done the insurance thing and I've worked mm-hmm. on my own like grants or and, and assistance programs and it's a nightmare. It like took a few days just <laughs> mm-hmm. to like on and off the phone again. Yeah. And they kept wanting to charge me. But we have people that take all that from you as soon as you come in so you never have to mess with it. <laughs> you <laughs> never have to pick up a phone and go through that process. Our, our team will take care of it for you. So when you leave, you're already linked to an assistance program so your oh, medication is covered. Yeah, so you're helping people of all, basically all walks of life. What were you? I was going to say, uh, are the people that work here, are they volunteers or are they paid? So we have paid staff. Um, okay. We, and, but we still have a lot of volunteers. We started as a 100% volunteer clinic. Wow. Still, our medical director, our, our chief medical officer has never accepted any money from us. She's given like countless hours. Wow. And so, and then all of our doctors are volunteers too. So we have two nurse practitioners who are paid staff. Mm-hmm. We have our MA team, our advocate and our admin team that are paid. Um, but we still have a lot of volunteers like today on Saturdays that will mm-hmm. come in and help our doctor here today volunteer. Um, so we still depend heavily on our, our volunteer hours and the nonprofit side. I, I don't even think I said this, but Texas Health Action is our nonprofit. Mm-hmm. And then Kind mm-hmm. Clinic is our fun fracent program. Mm-hmm. It's how we're delivering services. So let's say we have other clinics that kind of spawn from this that are more specific mm-hmm. to different populations. Mm-hmm. It may talk on a, a different name or a different brand, but it's still under our, our Texas Health Action. So we have a very dedicated board of directors that really guide our mission. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be seeing more from Texas Health Action this next year because that we're more invested in the education and awareness piece. So we're looking at a series of events this next year that are going to be panel discussions and having people come in, experts from all over the country talking about topics and what it means to have HIV and living with it and being undetectable and prep for men of color, um, Mm -hmm. trans health, um, and really providing more of a platform for more education for our community. So that's really where you'll see more of that commitment. But our organization is very heavily, I mean, we're all HIV prevention. You're going to be seeing more from us. We're going to be more visible in the community. A part of our mission is giving back to the community with services, Mm -hmm. but I think part of those services is also education and engagement. Mm -hmm. So we are going to be looking at opportunities to be providing social events that also inform the community about specific health topics and bring our services to them and be more mobile. And we're still young. It's mm-hmm. cool to see how fast mm-hmm. we've grown. Yeah, so yeah it's been, what, two or three <laughs> yeah. years since yeah. inception? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, now you have your own place. You're treating hundreds of more people. Well, yeah. Sure but yeah, and we've more been, people per day than usual. We've made national news. We've mm-hmm. made local news. Um, what's been really interesting to see, and I tell people this, it's like, I think people see what we're doing in Austin, mm-hmm. but they don't realize, like, and how we're ahead of the rest of the country. Like I think Mm -hmm. there's clinics in LA now modeled after us. Mm. Um, We've done some work with some clinics in San Francisco. So we modeled a clinic there. There's uh, clinics in New York doing stuff like us, but I think more prep clinics are trying to roll in that gender care service. Mm -hmm. And we were, well, we're still leading that front. So just to be part of that national discussion is really cool Mm -hmm. too. We get a lot of people calling us from all over like, Mm -hmm. hey, how'd you get started? How do you Mm -hmm. do this? And so we've done a lot of TA and and, and assistance with other smaller clinics and, and that's another part I think of something we want to look at is when we talk about you know HIV really affecting people in the south in the rural communities mm-hmm. um, there's no services there there's mm-hmm. no um, access services there mm-hmm. so we want to actually create 
ways to whether it's through uh you know videos or mm -hmm. online templates are coming out and helping those smaller clinics develop these programs and services with the revenue that they have and, and kind of teach them what we've learned um mm -hmm. because that's how we're going to reach those people the people that are most susceptible um we have to get to them and and you know austin's great and mm -hmm. people will come to us and we can go to them but um it's like how do we get to those little bitty texas mm -hmm. towns that you know have a high incidence of drug use and mm. HIV and STIs. Mm. Um, what we saw, especially on gender care on Thursday night, those patients come in with a partner or a friend mm. or a parent. <laughs> and it's so important to have that support when you're starting something mm -hmm. like, like transitioning. Um, and we know that not everyone has that. Mm -hmm. But what happens and what we've seen is that as soon as someone walks in, there's other people in the lobby that gets it mm -hmm. and they start engaging them and they mm -hmm. become part of that support system like right away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so they feel supported by the people here. Um, and I think that was something that that happened when we, we decided like, look, if we're we didn't start as an LGBTQ clinic, mm -hmm. but when we offered prep. Mm -hmm. And HIV testing, most of our patients that were coming in were gay and bi queer mm -hmm. men. Um, so when people would walk into the lobby, they kind of like, hey, this is a gay men's clinic. Mm -hmm. um, and there were some people that were turned off by that. And mm -hmm. it's like, well, we're not going to not serve these people because you're not comfortable. Mm -hmm. um, and then we went into gender care. We knew that like we have to create a safe space. Everyone mm -hmm. that ne comes in here needs to be kind and not mm -hmm. be, you know, a jerk. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it's like we, we service everyone. But you should know that when you come in, there's going to be some queer people in the space. Mm -hmm. um, so don't be a jerk or don't come <laughs> yeah, here. Like yeah, yeah. Clinics, well, there's lots the of place. clinics for you. <laughs> yes. Um, so it's just turned into like, you know, we have, if we provide these services for these communities, we have got to be a safe space. Everyone uh -huh. has to be trained. Everyone has to be culturally aware. And, and, you know, we can't control how our patients are when they come in, but they mm -hmm. get it. Like as soon mm -hmm. as they walk in, like you said, they're mm -hmm. like, you know, they're an extension of us and mm -hmm. our services yeah. and how they support everyone in the space. Yeah. And it's, it's really cool to see that. Yeah. Well, if you had a superpower or if you were a superhero, which superpower or superhero would you be? So I don't know. I, I would probably be my own superhero because yeah. I don't see a lot of representation like yeah. me in comics. So, yeah. But my power would probably be teleportation. 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 That is like the most practical one to have here in Austin. <laughs> that or flying, one of those yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. That would really help Kind Clinic outreach too. Exactly. You just like yes. snap you just all, over. all over. Just be yep. like, what did you do today? I hit up every state in the US thanks to my teleportation device. Teleport into Ellen's green room. Let's talk about sex, baby. Yeah. Um, it's getting real on our podcast. And if you want to educate yourself more on sexual health, grab your cape and head on over to kindclinic.org. They make sexual health fun. You can also find The Kind Clinic on Facebook and Instagram at Kind Clinic and Twitter at The Kind Clinic. Looking to restore your faith in humanity some more? You could do that by checking out everydaysuperhumans.com where you can stay up to date with all the news on Austin's nonprofits. While you're there, subscribe to our newsletter. You could also follow us on Twitter at SuperhumansCast, like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash everydaysuperhumans, and check out our Instagram at everydaysuperhumans. And if you're feeling really generous to support us, be sure to check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash everydaysuperhumans. You could donate anything from a dollar to $20 an episode, whatever you feel like the show is worth. Did our show help bring a smile to your face and brighten your day? If so, be sure to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes, Pocket Cast, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, not every hero has to fly, so grab your cape and let's go. Let's go.